Pros and cons of traveling now and COVID-19 travel protocols. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye and this is episode 312 of what used to be the Wildlife Photography Podcast. Yes, we've changed it up, we've freshened it up, you would have noticed the music is different, the graphics are different. It's because end of last year, we did a full rebrand. We did new logos, new website, new everything. And it was time for the podcast to get a bit of a refresh. And also, when it was just the Wildlife Photography Podcast, it was amazing. And we're still going to cover the same kind of content in there. But with the Wild Eye Podcast, we're going to open it up a bit. We're going to talk about more things. We can go travel. We can go social media. We can do pretty much anything. So between myself and all the guys, we're going to keep on producing some amazing content. You'll see some good stuff coming up. But yeah, as of now, the Wild Eye Podcast is it. And in the first episode back from a bit of a hiatus, a bit of a break as we got all of the stuff set up, uh, I'm going to hand over to Michael. He's just returned from a private guided safari in the Masamara. Yes, even now with all the COVID stuff going on. And in this episode, he's going to talk us through some of the pros and cons of traveling now with everything going on. And then also just some of the travel protocols that he experienced. And um, he just shares some ideas with you guys. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. I hope you're doing well today. And thank you for tuning into this episode where I'll be discussing my recent safari to Kenya. Now, travel during this period is obviously quite a concern to many people due to the COVID-19 virus, as well as the various travel restrictions and protocols that have to be followed. And I'm going to be honest with you, going into this, I was also quite nervous as it was my first time traveling um, under these restrictions and um, having the requirements of certain paperwork in place. Um, It was quite a um, a daunting thing to say the least but don't let that scare you off because with a great help from the ladies in the wild eye office um, it was a really smooth and easygoing process um, all the paperwork was put in place so if you're a single traveler and you like to plan your own trips book your own things and um, obviously all that paperwork will fall on you and you will have to do all your own homework research and I think in doing it that way will be a more of a daunting experience because fortunately I had the backing of our office team who assisted me as well as the guest who traveled with me to Kenya um, and helped her answer any questions she may have had. Um, and funny enough, while we were in Kenya, the new restrictions in Kenya um, had come into place Uh, or protocol, should I say, not really restrictions, Uh, but the new um, travel uh, protocols were put into place while we were in Kenya. And obviously, if you're a single traveler traveling by yourself um, and having booked that whole experience by yourself, it would have been more challenging to overcome that obstacle. Whereas we had a team in South Africa as well as our team in Kenya, and it was as simple as sending Judy, Lara, and Tanya a message and saying, listen, This is the update. Please dig into it for us and give us answers. And within two or three days, we had everything in line. And it was a stress-free process for us because we had people dealing 
um, with the situation for us on the ground, which makes a major difference. And this is one of the major benefits of traveling with a um, well-known and respected and well-organized travel company is that you can have that peace of mind for if something goes a bit pear-shaped while you're out in the field, we've got a team who can handle with all of these um, circumstances that may arise um, while you're out there. Uh, but now, speaking of the travel side of things, I mean, there is no real better time to travel as um, it is today. I mean, we the flights were, all the flights I was on to and from Kenya were quite full, which um, is just one of those things you'll have to face. Um, but I have spoken to guests who've traveled internationally and they said their flights were basically empty and um, the travel process was a bliss because the the airports were like a ghost town. Um, there were very few people moving around, um, passport control, security, everything was just streamlined. It was so easy to get through. I mean, usually arriving in Kenya, um, getting to, to customs and going through passport control and so is usually quite a circus because it is so jam-packed and so crowded. Um, but yeah, I got off the plane, walked through. Uh, the only real queue I stood in was uh, the scanning as you got off the, the aircraft. Um, but that took maybe five minutes. Fortunately, because I had all my paperwork um, and all the online forms that I had to fill in in place and in line, and I got through that really quickly, got through customs with, I think I was standing behind one person, which is usually you standing behind about 40 people in Kenya. Um, so I got through really quick. The luggage came out super, super quick. Um, and off I went to, to my ho uh, hotel prior to the start of the safari. Um, and then as, let, let's chat a bit about the um, safari experience in as a whole and speaking about the best time to travel is now um, I mean this couldn't be more true looking at how quiet the reserves and hotels were it was so it was a tranquil experience and um, our safari started at giraffe manor which even in the peak season it'll be a tranquil and quiet experience because they do not accommodate many um, people so um, it was great to spend time at Giraffe Manor. It was a first for me. And being able to interact with these incredible creatures. Um, and you often say, yeah, your giraffe is your largest or your tallest land mammal. It's a massive animal. Um, but you don't really realize how big they actually are when they're standing right next to you while you're interacting with them at, at Giraffe Manor. So it was really a cool experience, an eye-opener. Um, and it just reiterated the fact how majestic and, and peaceful these animals are, but at the same time, how ginormous they are um, and how powerful they are. Uh, we kept getting warned by uh, the staff who who obviously run the operations and the show at Giraffe Manor about um, not turning your back on certain giraffe, um, not standing too close when you're not feeding them at that time because there are certain giraffe who get a bit feisty and they kind of headbutt you a little bit uh, for a snack. And because you get to interact with them at high tea and breakfast in the mornings 
where they come in to, to eat uh, the, the pellets out of your hands, which is really a, such a cool experience. Um, but in saying this, I actually did get headbutted by a giraffe during my time. I was recording an Instagram TV episode, um, just speaking about giraffe manner and how incredible the experience is and how worth it it would be to incorporate that portion of um, your East Africa or your Kenyan safari, um, how, how worth it it would be to go and visit Giraffe Manor because it really is truly spectacular. Um, but I was busy recording this, this video, uh, our waiter who you assigned a waiter throughout your stay, he was helping me, he was recording the video. And I was feeding the dominant male giraffe, Ed, which, yes, he is a monster. He is ginormous. It is, you don't really realize how big these animals are, as I'd mentioned, once they're standing, <laughs> towering over you. It's incredible. And so I ran out of food while I was chatting about um, the experience, and I had no more food in my hands. And Ed kind of just dropped his head and swung it around and gave me a nudge against the back with his head. And, yeah, it kind of nearly flung me across the the garden or the courtyard we were standing in. And obviously to them, which was just a gentle nudge saying, listen, man, I'm hungry, I want to eat more, um, was quite a solid knock and nearly hit the wind out of me. Um, but, yeah, uh, if you keep feeding them, you're not going to get harmed. Don't worry about it. It is, it is very safe. Um, and it really is just a cool experience. So we spent two nights there before making our way through to the Maasai Mara for the next five nights. And the process at uh, Safari Link, which was the, um, or, or the local chartered aircraft and flights to and from the reserves in, in Kenya, was also a bliss. Going through security there, checking in our bags, waiting for our coffee. Um, the terminal was really quiet. The flight was also not full. And it was just a... Again, a streamlined and easygoing process. And then arriving in the Maasai Mara, we had Sammy waiting for us there. Um, he gave us a briefing. We did the necessary paperwork as we landed in the Mara. And off we went for the start of our Maasai Mara portion of the safari. And that as well, we stayed at Serena uh, Mara, which is in the Mara Conservancy. And it was dead quiet. I've hosted many out-of-season safaris in Mara Serena, and it is usually always full. Prior to COVID, it is jam-packed, and it's a big lodge. Um, I think they've got 80-odd rooms or so. So if it is full, there are large crowds. And the great thing is, I think Greta and I were one of probably, or two of probably 10 guests in that entire hotel. So we had basically exclusive use of Mara Serena, the pool, the restaurant, the gym, um, and then also the Mara itself, which is so incredible. Usually out in the, the Mara, you see quite a few vehicles moving around um, due, because it's obviously the greatest game reserve in the world. It's a major attraction and a lot of people want to get there. And during this period, it was just bliss. There was nobody in that reserve. We probably spent, I would say, 96, 97% of our sightings that we were in on our own. There were no other vehicles coming in disturbing us. Um, for the most part, you didn't even hear another vehicle driving anywhere else. It was so tranquil and it was just so cool to experience the Masai Mara 
in that way where you just don't have any disturbance except the disturbance of the wildlife may it be elephant trumpeting or birds calling or whatever it may be but we obviously won't label that as a disturbance that's part and parcel of why we go out there so it was really a great experience um, going to the Maasai Mara in a in this time where you could just take it all in and not have to really worry about uh, the noise coming off of or from other vehicles and the disturbances that come along with that. Um, so really, really cool. And then leaving um, the Mara as well, usually streamlined, may it be super busy or not. Um, it was really easy. Again, just left the hotel that morning, did our safari, ended at the airstrip, and off we went on our flight back to Nairobi. Now landing in Nairobi, and the great thing we have there is our, our ground team in Nairobi, our East Africa office, who help plan all the logistics. Um, and again, another benefit of traveling with a company who have been doing it for 10 plus years now um, is that everything is just streamlined. As soon as you land, we meet our team there, um, transfers have been arranged, and they take you to where you need to be. So Greta was staying at a friend of hers um, in Nairobi and I was overnighting at the Western Hotel which is just across the road from Wilson Airport um, and Jimmy was there to collect us but Jimmy obviously now with the new um, travel, uh, well I can't really call it restrictions as I said but the protocol that has to be followed is now once you leave Kenya you'll have to do another PCR test um, and obviously wait for your negative result before you can fly out of the country. Um, and we've linked up with a trusted traveler's lab who then do the testing for us. And Jimmy, literally, he dropped me off at the hotel, took Greta to um, the, the clinic, to the laboratory. She did her test and just over 24 hours later, she received the results and she could then fly back home. Fortunately, it was negative and she could then get back home, settle in and review some of the awesome images that she has managed to create during our time in Kenya. And if you would like to go see some of her work, her Instagram handle is Roaring Sunrise. And trust me, it's worth it. She's really managed to capture some spectacular moments. And even prior to our safari, she's got incredible work. So go check it out and tell her I sent you. And but yeah, then I stayed on in, in Kenya for an additional week to go do some site inspections. Uh, one to Lewa Wildlife Conservancy, which is a reserve that, or an area that wild I had never yet visited. And so it was really a cool experience to get to Lewa, see what it's all about. Um, they've recently opened their reserve to private vehicles, uh, because in the past, if you stayed at Lewa, you had to make use of their, their guides. And they have now changed that up a little bit so Jimmy could drive me around which was really a great experience and I mean that reserve is I think in my opinion the Mara is really stunning and beautiful and there's something special about it and I hold a dear place for it in my heart but Lewa is really really pretty it is so beautiful so basically Lewa is a reserve with a big marsh kind of floodplain swamp area um, and grasslands down at the bottom and all surrounding it, all around it is um, these high 
mountainous ridges where um which you could actually you could access you could drive up and they've got these phenomenal viewing points where you can stop for sundowners or go have your breakfast up there and you literally see the whole reserve at a 360 degree all around you it's just it really is so beautiful and i think that's one of the biggest things that i took away from that the visit there is that it's just so stunning and there again i think on the first night when i'd arrived i was one of three guests and the next day another two arrived um and again a perfect time to travel if you don't like being in crowded places or around many people um this is definitely the time to travel because it was just so tranquil um but spent two nights there before making my way to Samburu National Park which is north of the equator so north um or further north up in Kenya and this was the second time I had visited Elephant Bedroom in Samburu um and it yeah it was on par with my first visit it's it's a spectacular reserve it is so unique seeing that it is a extremely arid area like semi desert like and you've got all these wild creatures um roaming this area uh, your big five your lion your buffalo um well anything everything except except rhino um your reticulated giraffe which is stunning beautiful bird life and the cool thing about going there in the drier periods of the year so anything except april may and november um the cool thing about traveling there when it's so dry is that the wasanira river runs through this this reserve uh which obviously attracts massive amounts of wildlife during the dry periods because they need water as life obviously so if it wasn't for this river there would be no life at or in Sambu uh, the animals would have obviously moved off to to find um more suitable living conditions elsewhere and so basically your safari is along the river and you see everything you want to see along the river and you have elephants crossing the river lions crossing the river um cheetah anything that wants to get to the other side because it's not a very full massive flowing river it's just this it's very the banks uh, or the riverbed is extremely wide but it's a very shallow river so animals can easily cross this and um, but yeah it's it's a it really is a wildlife paradise it really is pretty on the one side you've got this beautiful lush vegetation along the the rivers and f- the further away you move from the river up into the mountains it just becomes this desert like um abandoned um kind of area just s- steaming with wildlife it really is special um and again there for some reason elephant bedroom maybe they've just done something right with their marketing but they had quite a few more guests um their camp was pretty full um but obviously i think the camp itself being elephant bedroom and if you haven't yet seen what elephant bedrooms about go research it online i think one of the drawing cards to this camp is one of the reasons as to why it was so or a lot busier than the other um other camps that we visited but elephant bedroom and hence the name is home to many elephant throughout the day so they come through to eat um the nuts and which are now currently in season off the palm trees they come and shake them and just spend their days either drinking from the river or eating the palm trees in and around the camp and you literally on this um elevated tent which are it's on a wooden deck on stilts and you in this 
I describe it as like a Arabian tent. It really is a cool setup, the way they've set these tents up. And you basically have a 360 degree view um, out of your tent uh, during the day when the curtains are all open. Um, you can see through the mesh and you've got elephants and monkeys and warthog, gazelle, giraffe, everything walking around your tent all day, every day, as well as all night, every night. Uh, so really a cool experience to get back out there. And if you have not yet visited Samburu and it's on your, your bucket list, I would highly recommend Elephant Bedroom. It is really special. Walking to and from your room, you always have to be escorted by one of the Maasai um, Askaris because of elephants in camp. So the chances of you walking down the path to or from lunch or after safari or out to, to the main area for your, before your afternoon safari, the chances of you walking into a herd of elephants is really, really high. And it's a really cool experience encountering these massive creatures on foot. And yet they are still wild animals, but so used, um, used to the, the, the movement of, of people um, within the lodge. So they're kind of timid and they accept you, but obviously the lodge just takes um, the necessary uh, protocols and makes sure that the guests stay safe. And this is why you then walk with the, the Ascaris. Um, but yeah, really cool experience. Um, and then from there, myself and Jimmy drove back to, to Nairobi. And I then had to spend a few days or two nights in Nairobi, obviously, because I had to get my PCR test done. I went to the same laboratory as Greta went to. Um, it was a quick process. Walked in, gave them my name. Five minutes later, the, the doctor called me in, did the test, went to the hotel, and again, a nice peaceful experience at the hotel because it's not too busy, and yeah, enjoyed two nights there, made use of the gym, uh, waited for my results, and fortunately, they came back negative, and I could then fly home on the 29th of um, January. But again, the night of the 28th, I was, I've been to... We usually don't fly out of JKIA, which is Nairobi International Airport, um, very early in the morning. We usually leave late at night in the evenings. But I flew out of JKIA early once, um, I think it was 2019, where I hosted a guest on Amara Peak Week. And then thereafter, we bolted on into Uganda, uh, Rwanda for a private gorilla tracking safari. And we had to leave, I think it was on the 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock flight. Um, and we obviously for international flights usually three hours before the time you have to get there and we got there three hours before the time so four o'clock in the morning and what was like 4 30 in the morning and i have never in my life seen an airport so busy <laughs> it was ridiculous we we stood in these queues waiting and waiting and waiting and eventually they called our flight because they knew um we wouldn't check in in time, so they asked anyone on flight KQ, whatever it was, to to Rwanda, um, please move through to the front and come and check in. And so I was lying in bed on the 28th with this scene in my mind thinking, oh man, this is going to be a dog show at the airport. And I was contemplating because like even the hotel staff said, no, you can leave on the 6 o'clock shuttle uh, because I was staying in the Crown Plaza, which is within the airport's perimeters. And um, I said, no, you can leave at six, you'll, you'll have more than enough time. So 
So I was like, okay, cool. I can sleep in slightly. I was quite tired after two weeks safari, early mornings, long days. And I was thinking, oh man, if that airport is anything like it was um, back in 2019, August 2019, there's no way I'm going to check in in time. So I just decided, you know what, I'm going to wake up at four, get ready, leave on the five o'clock shuttle to give me three hours just to check in. And <laughs> got to uh, the terminal or the, the check-in counters, got through the or security into the building, and it was dead quiet. I think there were two people in that entire um, hall, in that whole area. Um, and again, just such a easygoing travel process because there weren't many people in the airport, the flight wasn't that full, um, and it was just really an enjoyable experience considering the circumstances. Um, but yeah, if there's one thing you take out of this this podcast today is if there was ever a time to travel, now is the time. Do it now because you will have the best time out on safari. Um, and there's, it's not every day that you get the whole, let's say, Masai Mara or any game reserve um, to, to make use of exclusively um, and sharing it with one or two other people that may be visiting. So that was just my story about my recent travels to Kenya. It was such an enjoyable one. It was great getting back out there and seeing familiar faces. And I really do hope that this encourages you to get out there and travel again soon because, trust me, it is so worth it not having the hordes of people um, in and around the reserve and the, the lodge that you're staying in. Uh, so well worth it but thank you for taking the time and i look forward to chatting to you all in future episodes but for now have a great day further and i will chat to you all soon bye bye